0: Welcome to both the Rudo Love Podcast and the Empowered Dating Podcast. This week we are recording together, and I'll be asking Prita, host of Empowered Dating, a few questions about her, as well as commune together on topics where our worlds and interests overlap. As my listeners know, oooh interviews are episodes where I ask juicy questions to people who move me, and Prita surely does just that.
1: Welcome, Preeta. I'm so excited to be here and what an honor to be somebody who moves you. I think that is so special. So thank you.
0: <laughs> my pleasure. So I thought that I would just kind of ground us in for our little interview by both welcoming you to my podcast, but also mm. sort of saying hi to your <laughs> listeners. I mean, so this is like a different kind of setup for your Episodes as well. It's akin to a queer chat. So I'm assuming that this will be one of your queer chats.
1: Yes, definitely. I think it's really cool to be able to do a crossover and do something that works for both my listeners and your listeners and kind of merge our audiences together and our interests together, like how you said before. I think that's really special.
0: Yeah, it is special. I um, consider myself a queer woman it's a very interesting experience to be a bisexual woman because obviously there are like a certain amount of invisibility barriers to yes. who who I am, how I show up sexually. Mm. Um, not that it matters most of the time, but it's worth, it's worth noting.
1: Yep, definitely. And I think as someone who just identifies as queer from what I've, come to understand by talking to women and people who identify as as bisexual it's a really interesting kind of intersect of so many communities from both sides not understanding yeah so often yeah and unfortunately a lot of the time from what i've seen that comes from the queer community so i think yeah it's really important to acknowledge it and the way that people might present themselves in regards to gender or sexually or relationships does not necessarily represent the person themselves.
0: Who I am inside is a swirling, erotic mixture of many, many influences and and many impulses. But I do Mm -hmm. find that I'm – sometimes I get down on myself because I'm not – Queer presenting enough, or because I have a boyfriend, I've lost my my proud lesbian card. I was in a six-year, sixteen-year relationship with wow. a woman. And I felt so um home in that relationship in the sense of mm-hmm. like really proud and happy yeah. to wear my lesbian <laughs> card out, out there for the world. And, and um I feel like I lost something when mm. I shifted out of that relationship even though you know um i haven't nothing about me inside has changed Mm. it's just it's such a fascinating realm i'm so glad that your podcast exists to normalize sexuality Mm. to debunk the myths that exist
1: yeah and i think it's interesting just a quick reflection on what you just said is kind of where is home and our understanding in ourselves and when we place a lot of it on external things and external people which just happens to all of us and we have to really intentionally practice looking for that within ourselves and like you said it hasn't gone anywhere it's just reflected internally instead of maybe externally more obviously
0: yeah that's interesting oh i'm so glad to be talking about it on the airwaves for mm. anyone that needs to feel ever so slightly more normalized
1: yeah it's so needed and it's i think it's really um i feel really honored to have it as part of my show and for my um people as well because I can only represent kind of myself from my own experience. And even though I really strive to be someone who can represent everyone from the queer community, all genders, all people, I really only have my own experience. So I think it's really important to be able to talk to different people from all different walks of life who identify as all different genders and sexualities to be able to make this as inclusive as possible.
0: Yes. Yes. Long live inclusivity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Frita, I would love to ask you a few questions about you. Yes, I would love to answer a few questions about me. Good. (laughs) Um, I'd love to know if there's uh, a turning point for you in your life where you knew you'd be going into coaching.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question and I really love it actually because it Um, invites me to reflect on my own journey and where I am now and kind of why I offer what I what I do to people Um, and so one of the big turning points that comes to my mind first is last year so in 2021 now I'm losing track of my years. What is time? Um, I know I was a primary school teacher um, and living a really full-on hectic life that was not lighting me up. It wasn't serving me. I was coming home completely exhausted, drained, feeling like I hadn't achieved anything successful, quote, because success means different things to everybody. But I thought there has to be a better way. Like this, This is not working for me and there has to be something out there that really lights me up and also serves people in the way that I kind of thought teaching was going to and it didn't Mm. give me that feeling Mm. because of the system and lots of things, but that's a different podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so over one of the COVID lockdowns that we had here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, was a really long one and work kind of dialed back for me and I had a lot of time to reflect and I kind of came to the conclusion that last year was going to be my last year teaching. And I just had to figure something else out that I was going to do. I knew that I wanted to um, really do something that reflected my queerness in my career mm. and do something to serve people, like I said before. But I had no idea what. So I just started kind of researching. I wrote down a list of keywords with things that I wanted my job to be. I wanted to be paid for my time and what I offered to the world. I wanted to be respected in the job that I did. I wanted to serve people. And the more I kind of reflected on that, the more I realized, okay, this job does not exist. I need to create it, (laughs) (laughs) create it for myself. Oh, Um, I feel that. And so then I was like, oh, Never seen myself as being a businesswoman, but what can I do? And I started to kind of think more about it. And I realized life coaching, I'd be so great at that. I'm a great communicator. I'm a great, all of these things. And then, anyway, long story short, uh, it took me a while to figure out what my niche was. It was like, I support women with empowerment, but that is so broad. It's very broad. So broad. And, um, then I realized one of the biggest turning points prior to this in my own life was that around relationships and putting myself out there and integrating my queerness with showing up for myself and for others with intimacy and romance and dating. And mm. so then I thought if this was the biggest turning point for me and the thing that kind of changed my life the most and where the most empowerment for me has come from what better way or what better thing to do than to support other women and queer people to do the same thing? Jesus, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty special to reflect on that, actually. So thank you for that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, I've found something that lights me up and also supports other people so much.
0: I feel like a lot of humans went through a major reckoning during COVID. mm so that's interesting that that was like your turning point time frame.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think it's because it covid really, I mean obviously there's a lot of negative kind of I don't like to use positive and and negative but there's a lot of things from COVID that happened that weren't so great but one of the things that was great is slowing down and being able to have that time which I didn't normally have if I hadn't had that time to be able to really kind of process my feelings and reflect around where I wanted to go then this may have happened but it would have been it would have taken me a long time. So that slowing down and recreating routines and reflecting on it doesn't have to be this way and this grind that becomes so normal was really interesting. It was like, I love working from home. I love being able to have that flexibility in my day that invites this creativity and time for myself and I feel myself kind of unfolding. I'm not sure if you feel the same way, Absolutely. but when you feel yourself unfolding like that like your mind is doing stretches almost yeah it's like I couldn't just leave that behind
0: Mm. there's so many ways that this topic still blows my mind that one of the darkest points in modern history this horrific time also was an opportunity for people to feel more expansive or outside of any state of so for me, normalcy comes with a a warning. Normalcy for me means that there is so much that is shoved into automatic mode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this unraveling of society is both horrific and also incredibly beautiful. Mm. So yeah, I'm just like grappling myself with this like hot and cold combination that yeah. that COVID still elicits for me. That it can be, you know, this like monstrous thing and yet beautiful thing, yeah, and blissful thing. Like, how do those two things go together? Mm. Which, interestingly enough, to get back <laughs> to the point of <laughs> dating and and the service that you uh, offer is that. To be vulnerable and intimate is both the most painful thing you can go through yep. and the most daringly beautiful thing you can go through. Absolutely. And
1: they kind of just overlap. And that's kind of just the way it is. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it soon. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how when you are holding yourself in this place of – been so afraid of getting hurt, which is scary, absolutely, it definitely is, then you are also holding yourself in a place of not really moving forward because in order to be vulnerable you have to accept that you might get hurt but what are you going to do about it Yeah, and how are you going to move forward because we all have that power and strength to be able to move through pain.
0: mm. Mm. so let's talk about your offering what is empowered dating
1: yeah so I think to be able to explain exactly what it what it is I offer I want to first talk about what empowered dating means to me mm-hmm. um, because that's reflected in what I offer and who I am as a coach and a person and so I think the word empowered we hear it so much right and I think for me, it kind of encompasses a few different words and concepts. And those, the main things in that are confidence and clarity and also oh, I love clarity. Yeah. Clarity. I'm going to be saying clarity a lot because it is pretty much the basis of what I do and what I offer. When you have that confidence and that clarity, you have empowerment, right? Because it's like you feel confident in who you are, why you're there, why you're showing up and you know exactly what you're doing or you know why you're there. Mm. You have a reason. And so in terms of the context of of dating and relationships, it's like when you know why you're putting yourself out there and you have that reason that you've created and connected to for yourself, not for anybody else, not because... Your mom thinks you should be out there dating people, not because it's like you feel like you need to fill this void, why you're actually there, why you're putting yourself out there. When you have clarity in that, when you have clarity in what you want, whether that's you're wanting a long-term solid relationship with a partner or partners, or whether you're just wanting to explore and experiment. When you have that clarity around what you're wanting and why you're wanting it, then that provides you with so much confidence right true true. and it means that you can go through the whole process kind of with this feeling of i got this it's Mm. like focus and purpose and with that comes that comes that confidence Mm. because otherwise it's kind of like you're wading through these murky waters like you're on tinder or other dating apps and it's like there's so many random people on here like oh what am I even doing and when you can connect back when you have moments like that of what am I even doing here you might have gone on a weird date where you're like what was that that was such a crazy strange experience um maybe you have uncomfortable moments maybe you have amazing moments you know it's it's everything like what we were talking about before but you can come back to that that why with kind of the clarity and the confidence around this is why i'm
0: doing it and you're there to evoke that yes pull it out for the person yeah or like what i you know because i i'm like a mini version of you in my own relationships with my friends um (laughs) free of charge but not as good clearly not as qualified i mean (laughs) don't knock it i I wanted to be able to be like a cheerleader to ri- to remind my friends that are dating like what this is why you're doing it yeah. you're still you're still there like that was a shitty experience, yep, but you still like these are the reasons you're still you're still on track,
1: yep definitely and and to remind people as well that you're always in control of your experiences. And even though sometimes it might not feel like that, when you can connect back with that why, it's like, okay, I'm choosing to go out on a Tuesday night. Maybe you feel like you don't want to, maybe you're like, oh, I'm doing this, but you're choosing to do it. So that's what you mean by control of your experiences. Yeah, that yeah, just to clarify that. It's like you don't have to put yourself out there. You're choosing to put yourself out there. You're you're obviously not in control of what happens during the process to right. an extent, right? but you are in control of being part of the process.
0: Ooh, I you love can that. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And so within that kind of with um, when you were talking about my offer and I was talking about what empowered dating means to me, within that context and that idea, I support my clients and the people that I work with to shift their mindsets around what dating and relationships mean to them to be able to navigate the process from that place of empowerment.
0: Oh, love it. That's beautiful. So that's a little piece of your service yeah, and your methodology. There's, there's like a few different layers to your methodology and mm. like the, the packages that you offer up um did you want to go through the kind of variance of what how you work with people
1: yeah absolutely so every everything that I offer people is tailored to the person that's in front of me nice um so but pretty much what it is is within that shifting mindset and working with people to support them to date with that empowerment we go through a process of identifying all the beliefs and thoughts and patterns that the person in front of me thinks is important to where they are now and we do that from a place of gratitude and acknowledgement no belief that you have is bad or annoying or whatever it is they've all come to you for a reason and from an experience and often they're there to try and protect you and so It's really from a place of owning that and being grateful for those beliefs. Like maybe I'm not worthy of being in a relationship that's healthy. That might be there because you're wanting to protect yourself from being hurt. You might have been in a terrible relationship. You might have seen somebody else go through a terrible relationship. And so it's about acknowledging those beliefs with that feeling of love and gratitude. But are they serving me right now and Mm. what I want and where I want to go? So we go through a big process of identifying a lot of those and working out, do they support where this person wants to go, what their desires are? And to do that, we need to know and we uncover kind of what exactly it is that person is looking for. We get that clarity where they want to go, what they want out of a partner, what that feels like. And once they have clarity on that we move through shifting those beliefs that are no longer serving them to be ones that do serve Mm. specific to what they are wanting to get out of the dating experience what they where they are wanting to go in the future and then we work on connecting those beliefs and patterns and thoughts into their daily life and reality because otherwise it's just an affirmation which I think is super powerful. I love affirmations, but they can kind of become routine. And it's like, oh yeah, I've got to think like, I deserve a healthy relationship. Okay, I've thought this a (laughs) hundred times, but nothing's changing. Mm. It's like bringing that affirmation into your reality and working on, okay, if I was somebody who truly believed that I deserved the healthy relationship that I've just explored, these are all the things that a healthy relationship means to me. This is what I want. If I truly believed that I deserved that, what would I be doing? How would I be showing up? And getting really clear on what those actions could be and then showing up in that way. And you might not be there yet. You might be like, well, I still don't believe this, but I know what I would be doing if I did. And as you get more confident and comfortable and clear in that and you start showing up, it'll just integrate and kind of like – dissolve into your daily life mm. and then before you know it you will be thinking yeah how yeah I deserve this healthy relationship yeah. I will not settle for anything less because you've been showing up in a way that reflects that belief so it's a really layered working on mindset and Gorgeous. feelings and actions with that clarity and empowerment that I spoke about before as kind of the core
0: oh I love that And do the people that you work with, are they mostly bi, gay, queer women? You're looking to serve a specific community, right? Like, um, I get this a lot when I listen to Dan Savage, Mm. um, Savage Lovecast. You know, he's like, the majority of the people that call in that I'm providing advice for are cisgendered straight people, Mm. (laughs) but... In actuality, my community is the gay queer community. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, it's a whole range, and I think that's kind of what's so special about it, is I attract people that are needing me or wanting me in their lives at that moment. You're right, though, it is mostly cisgendered women. However, what I think is so special is that I have the capability to be able to serve more than that not just women or people that identify as women, but also people who identify as non-binary people who are queer lesbian gay bi whatever your label is it's not really that important to me but I completely honor if a label is important to you or the people that I serve because you know we all have different things that work for us and I think labels can be really special and I know that it is for me as well mm. but the label isn't Necessarily that necessarily that important. It's just being able to know and let my audience know that I can support you, even if the majority of my audience might be cisgendered
0: woman. Right. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. Let's talk podcasting. Yes. (laughs) You're a podcast. I am. You've been (laughs) going for a while. You've got a good chunk of. I I read somewhere that like. The majority of people don't get past three episodes. Really? Yeah. So you're already that makes me top feel echelon. Right <laughs> <great> about myself. <laughs> if you had
1: told me this in kind of like December last year, I would have said, <laughs> "Get out of town. There is no way." Yeah, podcasting. When I first uh, identified coaching as where I wanted to go and how I wanted to serve, and started to get really clear on my niche and what exactly does I do, I was like. <laughs> Well, I've got to have a podcast. And that felt really good to me. I thought that was really exciting. And then I was like, I know nothing about podcasting. (laughs) I don't have any tech. I did a bit of Googling and I was like, this looks hard. parked it for a little bit, came back to it. And I think now, especially that it's something that I kind of just do, I've forgotten how kind of layered it was at the start. Yeah. Figuring out what kind of program to use. There's so many on offer. Do they work with the kind of computer that I have? How do I get good sound? What does that look like? Do I write a script or do I just do it? How do I? There were so many
0: different things to consider. Do you enjoy those beginning phases or are you more of a, I'm going to enjoy it when I'm in it? Historically, I would have said
1: I like it once I feel like I'm great at something. (laughs) Um, I do. I (laughs) I'm a perfectionist and I don't (laughs) previously I haven't loved that feeling of being new Mm -hmm. however this is something that I am really learning to lean into as a new coach a business owner figuring out how to produce content so I would change my answer now and I would say with this new kind of mindset that I have in terms of like it doesn't have to be done right now and it's okay because obviously this is
0: new and layered because it's something I've
1: never done before. So that's Mm. okay.
0: And kind of validates your enjoyment of going slower. Yeah, exactly. True. Linking back to why I'm kind of here in the first place. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's a good point.
0: What have you enjoyed about being a podcast host and what I mean, so I was going to ask that and then also ask about hidden challenges. Mm. Do you feel like answering both?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the tech is the hidden challenge. Right. right. And making sure kind of that I've got enough time that I can post it and like, because the way that I post my podcasts are through like a service provider thing and I only have a certain amount of minutes that I can post a month and making sure it fits in and confusing so that's a hidden challenge Mm. um and I think one of the one of the things I love the most about podcasting is seeing the impact or hearing about the impact that it can make on people having people contact me and say hey I listened to this episode it really made me reflect on this aspect of my life or it really Mm. inspired me to do some journaling around this that is something that is so special to me and I don't think that will ever get old because that's obviously why I'm here is is to serve people and show up and guide and help, but to actually see it happening in action in reality is so special and amazing. So that's definitely the highlight for me.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I really love the learning process. Like I'm in love with collecting as much information as possible. I wouldn't say that I'm a particularly good formal student. I don't enjoy um, academia, although I was raised inside of academia, Mm. but I am a terrible (laughs) student, terrible student, but I love learning. Can you tell me some of the things? <laughs> I can already tell you because so many reactions to yeah. what I just said. Yeah. Thoughts?
1: Okay. Well, firstly, I want to say as a prior formal teacher, mm-hmm. I think that what you said around being a terrible student, but loving learning is really interesting. <laughs> really interesting. Why? Because isn't, isn't, like, say if we strip back all the ideas that so much of society has around learning in schools, isn't the whole point that you love learning? So wouldn't that make you an amazing student?
0: Yes, but I am non-compliant. <laughs> so my grades were always bad. My completion rate was horrific, which is a huge outcome measurement of your schooling,
1: I guess so, but then again, it's like, what is learning and what is school? Then it's just an, it's an interesting <laughs> thought.
0: <laughs> I know. I some of this is colored in my experience of um, standard education in America. Mm. Boo! Yeah, I've heard. I, I haven't sl- heard glowing reviews. No, I slipped <laughs> through the cracks. Bad. Mm. Um, but yeah, I digress. The question that I'm s- really, really wanting to ask you is. What about your learning journey? What's something that you've loved delving into and Mm. teaching yourself and developing?
1: Mm. Yeah, I love the way you frame this question because a lot of the kind of self-work I'm doing right now is around that what is learning and what kind of, quote, counts as qualifications. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, especially family, actually all family, have told me how can you be a coach when you haven't gone to like a, quote, formal coaching school. I have done courses in coaching, but it's an interesting reflection on what makes that course a qualification. Mm -hmm. When so much of learning and actually the core part of kind of – where I'm at as a coach and what I offer as a coach and how how I coach is through my own experience myself. I have these courses that I've done, but what I use the most is my own life experience. Because as I said, I think earlier in the, earlier in the show, I, I've coached myself through this exact process that I've coached other people on. And learning that shift in mindset and what even mindset is, is probably the huge learning curve and thing that I've loved learning about the most mm. because prior to that I had no idea what mindset meant I kind of knew it in terms of like think positively and that's it yeah so to learn how to identify what I'm thinking and step back from my thoughts instead of being in like this huge like swirly hurricane of ah, oh, this is what I'm thinking um and it has to be true is learning how to reframe my thoughts and beliefs and that it's possible to change them
0: mm, was, yeah, pretty cool learning for me. Not to put you into a category or to box you into anything, that you sound like a student of Buddhism. It's interesting you say
1: that because my grandfather was huge in the community here in Auckland.
0: Oh my gosh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so his name was Taranatha Hardwick-Smith and he was uh, he did a lot of work with the Auckland Centre. Um, so I kind of wish he, he'd passed away, he died when I was maybe 15 oh. and not old enough to be able to comprehend right. or not in a place in my life where I was able to comprehend a lot of kind of just the way he lived his life. mm and the way that he spoke about things like energy and um, thoughts and life, just life, because it kind of wove into everything for him. And I think it probably does for a lot of people. Yeah. So it's really, it's interesting that you say that. I don't know enough about it myself to be able to comment on whether I see myself as a student of, of Buddhism or not. I'm going to do some research on
0: it. I'm going to do some learning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So mindset for you, where does your um, current rabbit hole take you when you're studying and and journeying through mindset? Are Mm. you reading any juicy books? I actually recently
1: finished an amazing book around mindset. It was called The Gap and the Gain. By
0: I will figure out who it's by. We can cut Ooh. this bit out me... Okay. <laughs> Gap in the game. Gap in the game. Well, I'll pu- I'll plug that into the show notes. for yeah. show.
1: Yeah, so I read that book and it was a lot of framing, kind of around this like age old idea of is the glass, half full or half empty, but in a way that really connected with me. And it was like everything you think and every experience that you have you can either choose to see it as a gain or a gap um, and it's like one of the quotes from it that I think about all the time is you start at point one, and you want to get to point thirty. you get to point twenty-two. you can choose to see that as I'm eight points short or I've come 22 points
0: Mm. twenty two is my favorite number. There you go, rich. We're twenty two points rich. Yes, yeah. so it's th- my mindset for all show.
1: Mm. So it was a really interesting, especially around where I am in my own life with starting my coaching business and having a career shift. In terms of, well, a huge thing that I'm working on is comparison and making sure that what I do is authentic to me as a coach and and as a person. And so it was interesting to think about it and think, okay, I've come so many points. I might not be where this other person is, but that's not relevant because I'm on my own racetrack. I'm on my own journey, my own little hiking trail. And to be able to reframe it as something that's like, look at how far I've come instead of I've still got so far to go was really cool. Ooh.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Well, Preta, I haven't warned you about this, but I do ask all of my guests two questions. Yes. (laughs) I love a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the the questions are are rotating, but I'm feeling called to do a mixture of something. So... Mm. Oh, uh, just allow me to uh, amuse myself here <laughs> and hopefully you'll be amused as well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So my first question is, given the opportunity to spend one day with mm-hmm. a version of yourself, either from your past, your present or your future, what would you choose? Oh, that is a great question. I've got so
1: many different versions that I could I could use I think I would choose a future.
0: Wow!
1: Because I think all of the past versions of myself have needed to go through what they went through, figuring it out. And so I would, yeah, I'd love to spend a day with a future version of myself who has the reality that I'm working towards right now and I think my reality right now is super amazing and I I love it but I'm always thinking okay imagine when this is my full-time job the flexibility and the creativity and I want to write a book and these goals that I have that aren't like my life sucks without them but it would be so cool and so to meet that version of myself who has a book and who coaches people doing what I love as my full-time job and to be able to see that and talk to that person and just feel and be reminded of that slowness and that passion and creativity I think would be so fun oh it's delicious
0: yes (sighs) Mm. (laughs) question two yeah um my mama Read an article in Life Magazine that asserted learning a new language or learning another language makes you a better person. So I'm wondering, Prita, if you have a word or a phrase in another language that holds great resonance or import for you.
1: Mm. That is a that is a really beautiful question, and I kind of want to tread carefully on this one because the word that comes up for me is in te maori and I am not of maori descent I my ancestors were colonizers we lived we live in a colonized country um, and I am not claiming this word as my own I'm also not going to pretend to even understand the full magnitude of what this word means, because I know that um, mm. a lot of te reo words are not just words. It's like full. Mm, universes. Concepts. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Thank you for and that. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak on behalf of Maori people. This is what I've been told by mm-hmm. a few people. Um, but the word ukaipo <gasps> I learned at university And from what I remember it meaning is it's like a special place of resonance, of home. Mm. Um, And I remember learning about that concept and just thinking, wow, that is so special. And I think what we were talking about earlier about home and what that looks like internally or externally and that kind of flowing of – special places and what makes them special and unique and of importance It was a really powerful moment for me. And again, Thank that's you. my own interpretation. No, that's
0: beautiful. And to your point, I am happy to share a link to an ep- a very special episode in Taringa, that's Te Wanango Aotearoa's mm. podcast, on somebody who's doing her PhD on that term and Amazing. how like uh, wa- uh atua wahine um like embody that sense like mm. that which feeds you mm. is both the land and your whakapapa like mm. it's 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 a holistic way of looking at that word so i'll i'll link that episode because that yeah, has got to be that. One of the most stunning answers. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm mm. in love with Siddhill <laughs> Mahdi. And I yes, love it's beautiful. that you said that you wanted to tread carefully because mm. reverence is needed in this world. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Beautiful. I'm so glad. I was just <laughs> like, that's not one of my new rotational questions that but I was like, I want to ask her oh, I'm so glad that I just pay attention to my intuition all these <laughs> things.
1: Yes.
0: Mm. I haven't thought about that word in a long time.
1: It's, it's what I'm going to be thinking about for a little while, I think. Mm. yeah.
0: So as we approach the end of this episode, mm. I would love to voice some gratitude and I'll invite you to, do, to join me in that. Yes, please. <laughs> so I'll start us off. I'm so grateful for the awareness that I possess, understanding what alignment is for me and the faith that I have that I'll navigate my personal circumstances always to achieve that alignment. My inspiration is of course, nature-based. There is balance there that moves my soul, informs me. And all I need to do is just sit with nature to find the comfort I'm searching for. I'm grateful for art making and magic. (laughs) I'm grateful for flora and fauna that this beautiful earth possesses and for sky wisdom, knowing that these stars and planets have been inspiring humans since we first emerged. And I'm grateful for my ancestors and spirits that guide me and whisper in my ears just beyond the veil. I'm grateful for the network of love and support that surrounds me. To Bjorn for the producing, editing, and packaging up of the Roodle Love podcast. And this to the noble justice, pursuit of justice and compassion that fuels my day to day. And Prita, I'm so grateful for your time and for your listeners and for your energy and work that you do. Mm. Wow. Just want to take a moment to be able to really
1: process that what you just said. It was <laughs> beautiful. Thanks. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, Okay. I am, well, first of all, I'm so grateful to you, Rudeau, for having me and for allowing us to present this together to both of our audiences. That is so wonderful. And for our connection. And I think was I was reflecting earlier on just how you meet people in your day-to-day <laughs> life. We met at a breathwork
0: yeah, workshop
1: did. over a year ago.
0: Elevated consciousness. Yeah.
1: And just how connections and souls flow and overlap and um come when you need them or want them and so Mm. I'm really grateful for that connection and along those lines as well I'm grateful to myself for showing up and coming and speaking with you and absorbing your energy in this beautiful space because I think so often Things that feel scary or uh, anxiety-provoking, but in an exciting way. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, And yeah, maybe not anxiety, nervous. Mm. Um, It's like, ooh, ooh, is this nervous or excitement? I don't know. Kind of the direction we need to go. And so I felt that so strongly with this. And I thought the only reason I would turn this down is because I'm too scared. Mm. and that's not a good enough reason Mm. so I'm grateful to myself for following this through and doing something so magical and special and also for following my instinct and doing things that seemed hard like reflecting on my journey and how you asked me earlier about my turning points and leaving a career that I worked really hard for and choosing a different way of life because it is possible even though it might not always seem that way and grateful for it's raining here today grateful for this beautiful rain and the way that it's just coming in the perfect amount we don't have any floods the way that everything is growing around us and This beautiful cacao that we are drinking, and just the way that conversation invites reflection.
0: Mm. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear listeners. And I'll see you again for another episode of the Rudo Love podcast, and you'll see Prita again for another <laughs> episode of Empowered Dating. You definitely will. Kakite anoaho Yakoto. See you later, everyone.